Hi, I'm Rob Hubbard, and you're listening to the Awesome Theme World podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, I'm me. He's him. Welcome to the podcast. This is Scene World. We have, I'm in front of a new backdrop. I've got my 64 here and my Amiga 500 living over there. Yeah. And a, and a 128 standing between them like a like a neglect, neglected stepchild. And hopefully a new intro as well. Yes, yes. Hopefully it will yeah. be, you'll be hearing our new theme song. And if not, I'll a be... A new fa- animation as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. And if not, then I'll be removing this part of the video. Well, this will be our actually this will be our first podcast of 2020. Exactly. 20 years of scene world actually. Hmm. Because um so the day scene world as a group went live was November the 1st in the year 2000. Yes. And it'll be 6 years of the podcast because I think we started in 2014. We did. So, in a second, we have what Welly? Welly is it pronounced? Vele uh, Erdbal. Vele or Vele Erdbal. Exactly, which okay. um, translates to um, Wave Earth Globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, but we would still call it Vele Erdbal in English. <laughs> Same discussion like last. Yes. Time. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so, um, so they're in a anyway, minute. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 in a minute. We have Vele Erdbal in just a second. Before we get to them, we do have some some news, some things that have happened yeah. since we last spoken to you. Maybe people. you I'm should gonna... have mentioned who we are going to get from them, and that would be Honey and um, Miss Moonlight. Yes, yes, yeah. So, so they're in a second, um, and before they, before we get to to that part, let's. Oh my God, my brain is so gone today. I've been moving everybody. I don't know if you can you can obviously see behind me that things are different, and I am in a whole new recording area and a whole new retro. Um, I've got more retro in my in my room here than I've ever had before, and it's it's given me the jibblies, and I am so riddled with anxiety that you wouldn't. It, it, my brain is just not functioning at all. And but, it's cold over there because they have a leather jacket on. I, I just think it looks cool. I would sweat, sweats. You would what? I would be sweating. Oh, yeah. So, um, this is getting off to a great start. Uh, yep. Anyway, I find it exciting that we do this for twenty years already. Right. Never thought we would um, do this for so long. Twenty years. <clears throat> twenty years is a lot. A long time. You didn't think that we'd be doing this for this long? I never had the intention to start a new project and doing it for 20 years. Hmm. Never thought about it. Okay. You know, my sole intention was to make a, a magazine, a place where anti and Paul scene can meet and unite. I never thought about how long I would do it. Right. Okay, so if it had um, if it had stopped after you know like a week or so, you would have been okay with that. No, of course not. But twenty years is a long time. Yeah, yes, it is. 
And especially since everybody from outside Canada and USA was telling me it's a waste of time because there's nothing happening over there anyways. Right. And I knew that this was not true because in 2008 the last issue then from Triven was released and I read all the back issues so I knew that there was a lot going on in America. Um, was it 2008 that we finished Driven? 2000, uh, 2000, no, no, sorry. Um, it was 1998 for the first time, and then second time was uh, 2005. Right, that's, that's what I thought. That's, yeah, exactly. exactly, yeah. For our uh, less astute listeners, I was part of the Driven staff, so I was, I was yeah. there for that. And then they returned. Then, then, what? I was there for that inglorious ending. Yeah. And then they were returning 2005 for two issues just to vanish again. Mm-hmm. And um, there's only two issues? Was two issues. I yeah. swear I were working on more than two, but maybe uh, maybe one of them didn't get done. Probably. Yeah, and, and now we are doing YouTube podcast, Twitch, like so much more. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So news. Yes. Um, news. Jim True started his C64 keycap project. Mm-hmm. Um, where a lot of people were one side happy about it because the Faith Five Indiegogo never went anywhere, and um, right, it's right. very sad because I paid for five sets, uh, and. Um, on the other hand, Jim doesn't have the best reputation, so yes. um, certainly I will not spend an order on five sets again, maybe just one or two to see if it's going anywhere. So you would you advise people to go for that project instead? If there's going to be a project that gets done, I would say it would be his. Okay. Thing where and and there's there's checks and balances too because there's a lot of other C64 seniors that are backing him on this that are fairly um, big in in the scene. You, you know, guys like uh, guys like Robin Harbin, who you know with eight bit show and tell and stuff like that. You know, that that are really on board with it. So if you trust those guys, then you can trust that Jim Drew is going to do what he says he'll do. I guess I will. Um, I will b- uh, back on it before the Indiegogo ends. The, the, but it's good to know your opinion. The, the the big the big thing is, and this goes for anything, anything that you're going to purchase, anything you're going to you're going to invest in, is to do your research first. Always, well, always I, figure I did, out who you're. And yeah. I I I did, and I had emails with. With, with with Michael from Phase 5. So it's not like he didn't answer me or I wasn't in touch. I was. Right, right, right. But in the end, she just stopped making updates. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Other news. Other news. Um, yeah, actually, I was uh, talking yesterday um, to Pascal Wiesa, who is um, the French... The French senior um, uh, in this CPC scene, 
Right. And his game development contest, the entry submission submission time is, has ended now. And there's a new link with all the participants and entries. So we will link to that. It's okay. um, a bilingual a uh, French-English CPC Facebook group. Which we linked and, to, I think, in the last podcast that we did. We had a link to that. No, that's a different link because it's oh, a new post. It? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a problem about Facebook. Right. It's, it's not going like that. So it's a new link. So we will put that in the podcast description. And um, I also talked with him about this uh, um, about this Peprium charade. <laughs> You know, this uh, prowler for the Sega Mega Drive and um, from Watermelon Games. Right. That um, never got released. And um, there are actually uh, two posts, two blog posts about this topic. Yeah, and one has a statement from, from Lewis Martins, who is a, a co-creator of Paprium. Right. That blog post is in French, but you can use Google Translate, and it's a bit older. And then there is a, a new one in um, in English, and they even made a blog for it called a Paprium Fiasco blog. And um, in this WordPress blog, say they... Um, write about the whole story, including the last update Watermelon Games did in May last year. Right. And it even goes down to the details of um, the company being partly American <clears throat> and partly registered in Hong Kong, while um, the founder is actually living in France. So the company is split between three places. All right. And um, it appears that he fired all staff. He didn't pay the developers. And he ran away with the money. Oh, great. So it's um, a pretty, pretty tough um, situation. Yeah. And, this, and the author of this English blog post even went so far and asked some business friends from Hong Kong and they drove to the um, to the address of Watermelon Games in Hong Kong and they found there's nothing there not even not not even a not even a letterbox yeah. where you could where you could send um, anything to so and and there are even pictures of the address of the signs on the buildings <laughs> so um if 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 you want to read um i don't know 2 hours of essay how how somebody from france can scam people for 7 years including including uh, uh, co-workers Business owners, um, graphic guys from the industry, and all those 
shit. Well, the blog post is amazing. I think I spent like two hours yesterday reading through all of it. It's it's incredible. And I mean, I mean, Watermelon Games is like um, he they did like a lot of games like um, 2012, 2013. And it I, was, I know we've covered some of them on this. Yes. <clears throat> and um, as I said, it it was um, a company on um, three places actually, so France, Hong Kong, and USA, and they had staff. And so one one of those few, I would say, big commercial retro entities that were still uh, developing new Mega Drive games or republishing old games that weren't around anymore. So it's quite shocking to read all about all this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Reminds me of another company whose address we looked up and who was just a burned-out old building in London. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, no. We, 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 we won't talk about who that is, but yeah. Yeah. Well, at least at least the address was valid. Yeah, there, there was, was a there was a building. There. there was a building there. It was just yeah. nobody ever in the building. Yeah, but so somebody is fetching yeah, the yeah. mail from the letterbox. Right, right. That's different from not even having having a sign. Yeah. On yeah. the um, so that means the whole address is bogus. Right. That's a small right. difference there, because one thing is illegal and the other one isn't. Mm-hmm. Right. You, can you can have um, a letterbox address, which is like in the gray area? It's not totally le- it's not totally legal, not perfectly legal, but it's not totally illegal because you can receive mail there, and somebody is fetching all the mail. Right, right. But having a bogus address where nobody even can receive mail—that's totally. That's um, problematic, is what that is. That's that's a serious scam, yeah. Anyway, so we'll link to that. So, um, thanks again to my friend from France um, for the news. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. got a couple here. Um, um, so, the, the Witcher 508i, which is a accelerator card for the Amiga 500, which is creating heat back here. This room is actually really warm because I've got my 1541 on. So all I got to do is 20 minutes before I come down here just turn on the disk drive and then it's nice and toasty when I get here. Well, um, then you could should you should leave your jacket down. Yeah. Um but the the Witcher 508i, which is an accelerator for the Amiga 500, um has been released. Uh it is available from 7-bit. Um and it gives you looking at it here. It's a 68,000, um, uh, 7, 25, and 50 megahertz options. It uses uh, 16 megs of RAM. Um, there's a IDE controller. There's a you, you Kickstart 3.1 or up. And there's a lot of, a lot of stuff. Uh, similar in function, I would say, to the ACA 500 plus from individual. Um, but, but I believe it's internal. Uh, but it's a it's a cool product, so it's available. Uh, we'll link to where you can grab that. Um, another a piece of sad news, actually two pieces of sad news. Uh, one is that uh, 
Chuck Peddle, the inventor of the 6502, um, and one of the, the the driving forces behind the C64 and Commodore in general, and and computing really. Well, not the Commodore 64 because he left the company by right, then. Right, but, but he did the um, uh, 6502, which was um, a predecessor yes. from the one that was yeah. in the C64. So right, right. Well, he was more more responsible for like the PET and and the yeah, uh, exactly. like the Kim one and but stuff at, like but that. But at but at that time he left. Um, they just start, started talking about the Vic Twenty, right, but the C sixty four was not even on the scene yet. Right, but that whole the whole chipset is basically derived from his his stuff. Yeah, and yeah. he he had he passed away. Um, Eighty two. Yes, and yeah. we had just talked about him a couple of podcasts ago because he received, I believe, I think he received an award or a, yes, a, a, li- a lifetime achievement award yeah, yeah. from the tech industry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Um, yeah, that also, was interesting because he, he spent like um, eight minutes of his twelve minutes talk or something just talking about doctors without borders. Yeah. 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 Working in the war, war zones of the world. Yeah. Despite having the risk of being killed just yep. to help people not dying of the war. Uh, so yeah. that was very nice of him. Yeah, he was a um, he was a good guy. Yeah, and, and then also um, uh, uh, the inventor of the BBS, Randy Seuss, also passed away uh, right yeah. before Christmas uh, at the age of seventy four. Which is not too old, actually. It's not. Jack Pedal was eighty two. Right, he was the guy that he he wrote uh, CBBS yeah. back in the seventies, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's that's two two big names that we just lost, uh, and it's a real shame. We'll put links to where you can well, learn more there, about them. There, there are two more guys who left. Um, Vogan Oliver, that at sixty-two, he was a graphic designer. He he actually was um, mentioned in the Guardian. He was um, a four AD graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, also died, and a German pioneer Wolfgang Bach died. Yes, he yeah. he did um, the first computer show uh, in in um, German television, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, WDR Computer Club, um, and he was one of those guys together with Wolfgang Rudolf, and um, he unfortunately died at. The, at the beginning of December um, oh. at um, 76. Um, I also interviewed him. Yes, we And did. I, re- I released also um, an English um, synchronous, um, I would say dubbed version. So mm-hmm. we will link to that as well. Yes, yes. Those and... are actually in total four, four attack pioneers died in December. Yeah. Yeah, that's by a lot. It is, it is. But but balancing that out, our own sweet Nick Vivid has returned. Uh, Afterlife BBS is back up. He is back in the scene. He finished his tour. Really? Yes. But 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 didn't he say he wouldn't do anything for for a couple of years now? Um, I heard maybe a year. I I, I think it's just a matter of when he felt like he could get back into it. You know, it, he had a 
he did a, a, a national tour. He went across the U.S., uh, you know, doing his show. Uh, then he, he came back, and I guess he's home now, and he's put Afterlife back up. I don't know how involved he is as far as producing and doing things in the scene, but but he is back, at least in that respect. I hope he will be part of the next issue after this one then again. I hope so, because, too. Because in this issue, Richard is doing the NTSC fixing. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a first. He never did any NTSC fixes, so like wow, Richard is really going beyond. Yeah, yeah. His and we love duties. Nick. You know, we we, we let uh, Nick know that you know we'd be here when he came back. You know, it's it's a, of course. you know, yeah. He's a he's a great guy. He's done a lot of stuff, and he's a highly he underrates himself. He he. I know. Yeah, just like Andrew Fisher. Yeah. Andrew is exactly like like Nick. They they are totally equal. Like I can't get this done, and yeah. thirty minutes later, I found a way. Yeah. Like, so if okay. If you, yeah. So if anybody wants to go check out their boards, his board, yeah. it's at it's afterlife.dynu.com, and the um the port yeah. is sixty four hundred, and we'll put links to that down there. If you've got a right. Telnet BBS program, go check it out now. It's color sixty four, and it's it's modded color sixty four. Which looks really nice. Right. I'm one of these guys. I don't like Color 64. Color 64, I always felt was an ugly BBS program, and it just, I just never liked it. But I, I like his. Looks really, really nice because he's modified right. it a lot. Oh, that's Nick. Yeah. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. Um, other news is, um, um, hardly noticed by anybody, but there can be um, bought. New Z64 SX, so SX64 keyboard membranes. Oh, really? From sellmyretro.com. And it was quickly sold out. And the shop owner just um, said in the Commodore 64 group on Facebook that they will be, that they will be back in stock in February. Awesome, because that was the one weak, the really weak point of the SX64 was that the keyboard well, sucked. I, I'm happy that mine works like day one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then I'm, yeah. I'm never using it much just to play that's, some yeah, NTSC games and yeah. scene world. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. So that would be all my news I'm having. That's all I've got. The 64, Matt, the full-size C64 is out now, too. True, um, but it's already sold out in Germany. Yeah, it, and if you go online, there are any number of unboxing videos you can see to check it out. I don't have one yet. It's not available in the U.S. yet. Um, yeah. If I see one, I may actually get it because I've been looking at these videos. I've been watching a lot of stuff about it, and it does look pretty cool for what and it there is. There are mixed reviews. There are mixed reviews, but... As mini, a, but also mixed, mixed reviews. Yeah, and there's I, I see a lot of stuff where people are like, "Is it worth it to get it?" And and yeah. it's kind of an issue of like, what do you expect? What is anything worth it? Like this is a um, casual gaming machine. Now the problem that I had with the 64 mini that when it came out was the fact that it had no keyboard, and so doing anything 64 games more often than not used the keyboard. You had to have the keyboard. It's an integral part. Well, you um, had a, you had a, an on-screen this uh, on-screen right. keyboard, the OS right, key. But, but when you need, but when you need to make quick, you know, quick keyboard things, you know, you can't. That doesn't work. If you're controlling your your spaceship with keys, 
and you've got to you know pull up a keyboard and move the thing to where it needs to go that's not that's not cutting it for me um so this is essentially the same hardware but it's got the full-size keyboard which is not as nice as the original 64's keyboard but it's serviceable it works um it's usb uh i've already seen some posts about people modifying it to just uh, be a me keyboard too. me too yeah. yeah um it's got way more usb ports than the mini it's got like three along the side and another one in the back i know and so you can plug in your own games and do whatever um there's quite a bit that makes it superior i feel like to the mini um and that was really what was holding me down i saw the mini in a couple of stores and what really held me back from actually getting it was the fact that it was just the keyboard issue just I don't want to pull up an on-screen keyboard. I want to just be able to hit the keys on the machine to do what I want to do. And if you're into casual gaming or you want to, you know, read an issue of Scene World natively on a C64 without, you know, busting your ass to set up a hard a disk drive or, or whatever or an emulator, then this is your perfect solution. You plug it into your TV, you put a USB stick in the side, then you go right there and it's and you're good. Things that I don't like, it doesn't have mouse support, so um geos is out unless i mean i mean you can use a joystick with geos that's always an option but i i feel like uh, that's inelegant and ugly um and and i get and i guess also because there's no proportional mouse support paddles are also out so anything that the two games that required paddles are also not gonna function yeah on. well we know they use the forever 64 emulator yeah which is um who have the oh, license for the oh, roms and stuff from cluento and um, so it's up to them to um, to add mouse support. Yeah. But hey, they might add it with the firmware update. I mean, they added yeah, a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of things. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, but and there's there's but it also you know there's a thing that I'm seeing happening too with this, which is that, um, for instance, the C64 128 group on Facebook, which has largely been anti-talking, you're not allowed to say anything about it. If you say stuff about it, they delete your post and you're gone. We talked about it where they held, held a poll, do you want us to include this? And people said yes. And so now they're kind of allowing, they're, they're accepting of a C64 Mini and, and Maxi, I guess they're calling it, um, uh, posts in, in the group, which is which is great because... It's one of those things where people take a dump on it because it's not a real C64. But on the same level, again, it increases your audience. It increases the amount of, the amount of people that are using the C64. But isn't the same group or the same groups now allowing the kind of posts since the Max is out? Yes, yes, since the full size came out. Yeah. Right, but the, what I'm saying is like with, this, with the, the release of the full size, I'm, I'm seeing like this shift in attitude towards like these these reproduction things are not no, are no longer bad because for a long time these were terrible machines nobody wants to know anything about them it's an emulator it's not real hardware whatever and people are starting to understand the fact that like not everybody wants to hook up you know three floppy drives and find an old monitor and and figure out how to get this old stuff to work again some people just want to plug it into their tv and play a game the difference is i grew up with it but even people that grew up with it don't necessarily want to go through that process. That you know, it costs. I you never know, it, lost it. I never left it behind. So I always had right, the hardware. 
Right. Well, some people did, you know, leave it behind. They got rid yeah. of their stuff, and right. it costs to get stuff to work again and to get your your system up. Some people don't want to spend hundreds of dollars to to rebuild their old systems. They're not they're not crazy like us. Where I'll I'll go and I'll search eBay until I find you know a fifteen eighty one or something and and try to grab it. Or you know they're not going to sit there and and take apart and rebuild an, an enhancer two thousand drive just to, just to say they've got it. They just want to plug it in, play a game they remember from their youth, and and be done with it. Maybe some play some of the new games, Sam's Journey or or Galencia or any of these new games that are out. So it's great for that. And and talking about Sam's Journey, a copy of Sam's Journey was donated to the Mega Sixty Five group, and the, it works great on the Mega Sixty Five, which is another of these new I systems. Know. Which uh, it's not an emulator; it's not an ARM-based system like the the sixty four. Um, it's it's all FPGA, and that's getting closer and closer to production. And oh, I want one. I know. I retweeted the post from Tortovision yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, I want one so bad. I don't know why. I just really, really want one. And yeah, <laughs> I don't know get what I'll an, do with get it. Get a new arm and a new leg. Yeah. Well, no, they're not going to cost that much. They're not. They're not ridiculously overpriced. They're they're somewhat expensive, but I mean, not still. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, again, you're getting a. It's a brand new keyboard. It's a brand new case that they they've made for it. Plus the actual board, which has I don't know how many man hours have gone into this rebuilding the ROM, figuring out what each chip does. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and if they're selling it for five hundred bucks, that's that's nothing compared to the amount of man hours that have gone into rebuilding this thing. Another news, uh, by the way, Chris Hulsbeck did a Super Turrican Winter Holiday medley and released it on SoundCloud. Um, mm -hmm. We also retweeted that, that on our uh, Scene World Twitter. Mm -hmm. And also, C64 TV is back. You know, we had to um, we had to change the the hoster, mm. and it took a while to get everything back. Mm -hmm. You know, and now um, I started updating it with news. Cool. So if you have any news for this um, news portal, feel free to email it to contact at c64tv, and then mm -hmm. I will put it online. Um, Barracuda actually supplied a lot of news to me. Cool. Thanks for that. Yeah. So it's up and running again. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, if that's all we got, then Ville Erdball, our our two guests, Gress, Meet Honey and Miss Moonrest. Yes, yes, um, are right over there. So let's go and speak to them. I'm going to jump back in time to my old apartment. <laughs> okay, guys, enjoy. Okay. Yes, don't stop. Bre breaking news, really quick before we do something else. Um, Jurg and I have changed our clothes. Um, and 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 suddenly this this happened. Tell tell everybody what happened. Well, Ma Massimo Canicciani, the CEO of the Italian mobile Commodore brand, just announced a couple of days ago at the beginning of January that there is a new phone coming out this year. It's called the MOS phone. MOS. Yeah. Which and I would me. bet it's probably um, probably. Um, a play on uh, Chuck Paddle, who died in December, unfortunately. Oh no, it's definitely. And he was working for Moss. No. Yeah, Maybe? yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a play on Moss, but yeah, but 
It, I don't, there was never, there was never a computer called the MOS. MOS was the company right. that made chips. Right. Right, right. It was like metal oxide semiconductors or something. It was exactly, really... exactly. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, so I don't understand. Like, okay, I understand the pet. Yeah. I, the Leo, I don't really. There was never a Commodore Leo. So, okay, I cool. Go go in a separate direction. Make something new with the Leo. I'm down with that. Moss. Meh. Anyway, they made a promo video, and it's promising right here. <laughs> it's it's yeah, sure. It's um, promising to be cheaper, having an incredible long battery life, and so on. All the things that all the phone manufacturers say that their phone has. Yeah. It is ten core. It says it's ten core. Um, looks interesting. Um, it's an Android phone. I mean, yeah. So basically, what you said about the pet phone that it's maybe too much, um, What's too it? high what? of the price. Do we have a price for it yet? Do we have a price? No, it's no. just um, on the homepage. It just says coming soon. Okay, well, we'll see what the price is, and you know, uh, again, you know, my my, I never, I never used the Leo, so I can't comment on the Leo. I used a pet phone. For it was probably a month or so that I messed around with it before we tried to send it back, um, and um, the pet phone is not. It wasn't a bad phone. It was just a run-of-the-mill Android phone, which you know, uh, and there was nothing inherently bad about the phone. Just the, the price point was a little bit high for what you got. Um, so if if the the Moss phone, and it feels really weird saying that because Moss wasn't pronounced Moss, it was MOS, uh, and this isn't the MOS phone because it's capitalized M and then it's small OS. Um, but but if it's if it delivers what it is and it's at a price point that doesn't suck, then I would yeah, totally okay. buy it. Yeah, I had no problem. I I don't have a problem with the despite what people may think. By by watching my review video, I do not dislike co the Italian Commodore cell phone makers. I, I I like them. I like Massimo was a nice guy. I liked talking to him. Uh, Paolo Besser. I do not know if he's still with the company. He is great. I love him to death. He does amazing things on the Amiga and with um, um, Friend Up. That stuff. Um, I wish them all the best. I think it's a cool idea for a company, and it's a market that you can actually make some money in. Um, so yeah, so that, that that's that's all I have to say on that is that is that that, that that's cool. Um, I don't have an issue with it. I just you know, again, if the price point and the Leo, the Leo for what the, the Leo's price point was better than the pet. I think it was about the same amount. You got about twice as much. I never got to play with it because nobody ever reviewed it. Yeah, nobody reviewed it. Um, I would love to see a review copy, get a review copy of the Moss phone when it comes out, if they don't hate me so much. Well, uh, maybe I would even buy one if it's a good phone, and I yeah, I look yeah. at the other reviews. If there are the reviews, in the worst case, you can just if you're European, you can just send it back within two weeks. Yeah, right. And get right. you and refund your money. I'm I'm pretty attached to my LG. I'm I, I will say that I, I like this phone a whole lot, but but um if if this came out and it was 
had a better, you know, it had better specs and whatnot, then I might might even try it. If they ever released for the American if, market. That's if the they released for the U.S. market, yes. Sure. So we just needed to share that news with everybody. So we can get on with the rest of our news now. <laughs> so today we are talking to two members of a music band, actually. And that would be Welle Erdball, which is um, called in English Wave Earth Globe. And um, we are talking to the two members, Honey and Miss Moonlight. Hello. Hey, welcome so, to the podcast. Yeah. It's great to talk to you finally, uh, especially, Honey, the last time I talked to you in person was 19 years ago at Mecca Symposium 2001. It was mm. long ago. <laughs> long ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, so let's start, I would say, how it all started with a music group that's actually using a Commodore 64 for their music. That's kind of unique. Maybe you want to start, honey. How did that happen to be? Everything began at Christmas. <laughs> Christmas uh, 1984. And uh, yeah, I became, uh, for my parents, uh, Commodore 64. And start with, with gaming. Then with a little text adventures. And about uh, 1919, um, with music. I think we, we was the first band that we made uh, Commodore 64 um, music with lyrics and, and we sing and, and vocals. Mm. And then we and after that we start with Better Apple. Yeah, it was actually under a, a different name originally, and that would be Honeymoon, Honig Mond. Yes, Honeymoon and, and Fine Sender and, and something else, but but uh Valley Apple is that uh, it was only uh, about month that we um, touched the name with uh, it was honeymoon and then after two or three months it was well airplay mm. ah, interesting interesting and um, actually interesting because this year earlier this year you actually changed and got some new members I would say it was not the first time that we have uh, new members <laughs> I think uh, in the turnus of, of three years, we have now um, many new members in the group. But now we have a perfect symbiosis uh, with uh, Miss Moonlight Cosmo, uh, also uh, very important uh, in the Commodore 64 scene, and uh, Emma Peer and the Commodore 64. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, we are a, a radio station. We are not a music band. We are a radio station with uh, with uh, human members as for the only for moderation, and we are not a popular pop stars. We are only the the moderate moderation uh, for for the yeah for the radio station, and the radio station is very upper, and that's the important thing. Okay. <laughs> that's quite interesting as a concept. Yes, the members are shy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, so let's talk a bit about how did you actually join Miss Moonlight? I I heard um, in another interview actually that Honey said the story is so incredible that nobody believes it anyway. 
Ja, am besten sagt ihr, it's your turn, I think. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of incredible because I visited the Amphi Festival last year in 2018 with my boyfriend and we were just there as, as guests and <laughs> then Honey came up with Emma, um, <laughs> with Emma Peel and they wanted to do some interview kind of um, why are you here, what kind of bands do you want to see and um, First, uh, my, my boyfriend said, no, <laughs> let's not go in front of the camera, let's not do that. And then five minutes later, they came again to us and asked us again. And um, it all, some, uh, so to sum it up, the next day, uh, they um, were our company with the camera and they followed us around with, um, during the whole festival day. And um, we get along so well all together and um, <laughs> it was kind of one wavelength with all of us and we connected really well and um, yeah so it came that a few weeks later I was on stage with the band for the first time <laughs> yeah <laughs> really incredible <laughs> not yeah. planned at all but nobody believes <laughs> us the first contact in in uh, in Belle with the Commodore 64 for you is what <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, right when we met the first time at the studio. Um, I guess it was three weeks after we met. And then Honey um, made a little test with me, an IQ test <laughs> made with the Commodore. <laughs> it was really interesting and my first contact with it. It's a very important part of the com uh, of the Valley Air by casting that the moderation, uh, moderators made a IQ test on the Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's actually an interesting uh, thing to uh, to uh, step into. Actually, you are also active in the demo scene, and you released, um, as I said, IQ tests as a game and also music collections. We are musicians and made uh, music with the Commodore 64. Uh, then we made uh, music demos. Sure. <laughs> what else? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, the thing is... Um, we, we don't have a, a label and um, no deal with a, with a uh, factory um, for records. Uh, we made our albums on, uh, on floppy disk. And if I'm not mistaken, in the earlier concerts, at least I think it was at Mecca Symposium, you actually had a real Z64SX on stage, right? Yes, we have five of this perfect product. <laughs> but really? it's, it's, uh, it's not a good computer for stage, I think, because uh, the, the cards are, uh, you know what I mean, are plugged in and when you move it, it's uh, out of order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess at a demo scene group, you have to use the real machines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, uh, actually at the beginning of um, November, I was at your concert in Mannheim um, and, and you were explaining to the audience that the Commodore 64 is inside that keyboard emulated. Yes. Yeah, so, so you actually explain to the audience um, what is used as, as um, well, I would say, as a creative way um, to make your music. For example, you said you made uh, the song about uh, Super 8. 
you made a music about uh, the Commodore 64. So you are actually using a lot of old technology and putting that as a theme in your songs. And a lot of younger audiences, just as you mentioned, Miss, Miss Moonlight herself, they never have been in touch with those old technologies. So, yeah, but then our mission to, to get uh, the people in touch with that. No? Only for the, uh, not only for the reason that uh, these perfect products uh, don't lose in, in forgetting or something else. Yeah, it's it's our generation with with these products and it's important products and it was uh, this is uh, I think that was an imperfect product the Commodore 64 the VW Käfer the, the Super 8 um, video camera uh, and something else don't forget it. It's actually true. I don't know how it is for you, Miss Moonlight, to um, to well sing songs about old technology that you have never probably even seen or used. Well, I have used my Walkman a lot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but not a Super 8 video camera, right? No, wow. not that. What is this I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting anyway. And I have a thing for old things. And um, I, I'm a little bit into all that vintage stuff and a little bit into the vintage look also. So okay. kind of fits. So wow. it's always interesting to learn new things. And Miss Moonlight is also a child uh, from the 80s or not? Yeah, yeah. I am. Really? Yes. I so am. you, so looks, you guys, you looks younger. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was to say. We are all older than we look. Like retro keeps <laughs> young, probably. Yeah. That's probably the big secret. It's, it's the hobby that keeps us young. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's, it's also interesting because in 2005, there was actually a special thing. You did music for the uh, super CPU game Metal Dust. Yes. And I always wanted to get the chance to ask you about it. I mean, that must be, uh, that, that must be pretty special to make music for a commercial um, computer game that is made for hardware that not many people use. Yes, but in uh, 2004, you say? No, 2005 uh, it was. Okay. Um, in that year, uh, there was, uh, it was possible to, um, I think, that the, um, the uh, super CPU, uh, uh, yeah, etabliert uh, sich, where uh, in some years for all people, I don't know that uh, Maurice Randall uh, <laughs> cut the, 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 um, uh, the deals. Yeah, that's uh, that's another story. Morris Wendell was a weird guy. Yes, I think the timeline goes in the other direction with the <laughs> and uh, yeah, now it's uh, good old stuff and it's uh, the holy grail. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but nothing more. At least until someone figures out how to retro-engineer it and make new ones. Yeah. Well, they did em they did a beta emulation for the Vice emulator of the Super CPU, but of course yeah, that's not, not so as good. good. Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. But but I would like to know how was it to to make music for it because it was more CD quality like and not so much sit music, not so much in the way um, of the music that you do with the original Z64. Okay, Chester uh, Kochen came to me. Uh, okay, um, and he. I think uh, 
he want uh, some uh, heavy metal sounds. And I think that was not cool. Uh, but we made only computer music. But it's also not cool to make uh, with uh, with this uh, options make uh, computer music. Mm -hmm. And then we we made with, with human core. This, oh, and that that was really cool. I never heard before from the Commodore 64 a human core. No, and that's cool. Mm. And there's more atmosphere music. And for, for, for this game, I think it was good. Okay. So, um, who is involved in the productions? Is that something you do yourself? Do you code yourself? I saw on the CSDB you are also credited for graphics. Yes. I'm the C64 man in the, in the <laughs> group. But uh, now we have um, Cosmo. And I, I'm, I think he is much uh, better and greater in the Commodore 64 than, than I. Okay. Um, actually, when I when I look at the feedback from other people, people say they are a lot surprised that um, Valley Edbar is still going on after all those changes. It's like um, at the beginning of the year, you have got a whole new crew because also Alf is not a part of the uh, group at the moment anymore. So um, was that difficult for you to have a, a phase where you were, were not so active because you had to look for new members? No, new members is good for uh, for our radio station because uh, the ra I say uh, the radio station is the important thing, not the, the human members. The radio station is the important thing and, and the human members are shy as a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. It's kind of like a like a almost like a Fleetwood Mac kind of thing, where where members kind of come and go, and the group today is nothing like it was when it first started off. The interesting thing is that because of the use of computers um, in the music itself, um, you can kind of almost uh, like you said, the members aren't so important. A lot of the music that there is 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 there in the form of the computer. It's going to be the same almost every yes. time it gets played. So so it's more like the machine itself is the member of the group and the and the person, you know, pushing the button isn't necessarily that that important. We we made computer music with computers and mm -hmm. the computers are important, not right. the uh, the humans uh, pushing buttons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. And and and, and uh, I think um, the, the German it's a very important to have fresh blood in, in our, our radio station. And, that, and that's why we have uh, new members. Interesting. Now, now here's a question, because how do you feel about, um, there's a lot of um, replacement SID, um, different SID solutions. There's the, the um, what, 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 am I, what am I thinking of, Jörg, the, the Swin SID, the Nano Swin yeah. SID. All these exactly. things that kind of make SID sounds, but don't quite sound exactly like the original ones. A lot of people are very stuck on the the, the purity of the the original SID chips and and the original C64s and how they sound. Um, is that a, an aspect of what you're doing? Do you are you happy to incorporate the newer stuff, or or do you prefer to like stick with like the original hardware and kind of don't you know issue the, the newer stuff that they've come out with? Okay, Valley Apple prefer the, the original hardware, and the original hardware is with the original SID 2. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, for music, it sounds it's the best. When you don't use samples, 
Right. Yeah, it was the 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 theater has more um, uh, bandbreite. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it sounds very good. Uh, 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 on the the video chip, other uh, make a blank screen. Mm -hmm. uh, with with all <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. right. Um, Yes, but I think um, <laughs> computer music have to make computers, and then the sounds like computer music. Don't sounds like a, a sample um, piano or a sample uh, what what is uh, the normal instruments. It sounds like computer music, and it sounds better than computer music than any other uh, instrument. Mm -hmm. Actually, a good point because the original Swinset actually didn't have the original filters, so you would get a totally different sound than what you would get from the original SID chip. So I can totally relate to that. Yeah. In the original SID, analogic filters. A part of human in in the Commodore 64. Analogic filters. That's mm -hmm. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of uh, thought put into that. Yeah, there was a lot of thought put into that original SID. I mean, even to the point where there's an audio inline to it, where you can take. I used to take um, years ago when when I was younger. I I had my uh, my radio or stereo or whatever, and I would I would I actually had a, a thing where I could put that on the the audio in and actually play my music off of a CD or something through my monitor along with the 64 stuff. So I didn't have to worry about having something else. Which is you know a lot of things you can't you can't do that with many many systems now or or ever in the past really. Mm -hmm. So so let's talk a bit about the shows. I mean, also one thing that is important about Well Airport is the um, I would say mm -hmm. the special things you incorporate in your um, geeks on stage. For example, in Mannheim you had these balloons that were flying around those huge helium balloons i think it was and you um you kind of asked the audience to play with the balloon while you were actually playing a song about about this so maybe talk a bit about that because i've read that um this is also an important aspect um of the stage present of Valley Edward. <laughs> well that's Honestly, one of my most favorite parts of the show because um, it gives so much joy to the audience and it's also very pleasant for us to watch the audience having fun with the balloons and they're um, kind of a part of the show and not just watching there and standing and maybe getting bored because they have to wait a long time. But um, no, they have something to interact with and we kind of throw the balloons into the audience and it's um i guess it's been a very long time that they've been a part of the show already so many many years they've been a part of the show and i think it's a wonderful thing so how do you how do you decide the concept of a concert do you uh, throw in all ideas from all the uh, band members and then see what's possible on location Okay, we, we look um, on uh, 28 years of Welle Erdbeil. <laughs> we, have, we don't need new ideas. <laughs> we don't need new ideas. Um, we, we have enough, we have uh, too many ideas and uh, choose the perfect ideas for, for, the, um, uh, for the show. 
Okay, and the show is very important because um, concerts are for the eyes. When you want to hear the music, you hear the CD or a SID file or something else. It's only for the eyes, and we we uh, yeah we have the uh, balloons. We have a, a laser um, uh, controlled by the Commodore 64 over the user port um, with a relay card and 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 the the best nerd stuffs things like that. <laughs> and um, we we also play uh, with the Commodore 64 some uh, songs uh, in real time. Um, also with without uh, any EQs or or. Um, filters or um, effects and uh, yeah c concerts are for the eyes mainly i think and you're just coming off a tour it, uh, the last date was on the uh, till 23rd of november from what i'm seeing and how was that how was that experience how did you uh how did you enjoy that i guess yes perfect we, now we're on the finish line for from the whole uh, tour mm -hmm. uh, on uh friday we play in frankfurt with omd from England, I, I, I think you know this group, <laughs> the mm -hmm. group, and we are very proud uh, to play with with uh, these uh, the, the this group. And yeah, rest can ja Miss Muller noch was zu sagen. Yeah, it was, I think, a great time this whole tour, and especially for me because it was my first tour, a very special um, experience and. I guess we all worked very well together and um, also with the, all the special effects, um, I guess it was something for the eyes, for the audience as well. I hope so, at least, <laughs> that we fulfilled all the wishes. <laughs> I was totally happy with it, no, no question about it. That's great. Yeah. And also one thing that I noticed, um, there were a lot of gothic listeners um present on on the concert actually and um of course some people were wearing commodore 64 t-shirts and and when we asked around they were like no nah, i used to have one but i'm not active anymore um so so you are not only well crapping the retro fans like me but also the gothic scene i think that is because it's going into the uh well electronic synth pop direction that is kind of <laughs> what they like to listen to too so you are kind of um well getting two audiences at once with your music style i think you made too many differences between the audience uh the Gothic uh, audience is the same audience than the than the Commodore 64 because it's the same generation. Yeah? Okay, you can uh, um, be a Gothic and a Commodore C64 fan. Why not? No? Mm -hmm. Of course, that's a good point. Yeah, just was interested how you see it, but it's it's a good point. Um, except there was one there was one a song that surprised me. I don't know what it was called again, but. At some point, you were you were saying, and now we are playing a Nintendo game song, you know, and 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 um, half of the audience was like, okay, hmm, I'm not really interested in that, and the other audience was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that was really like splitting the audience in two. <laughs> yes, <laughs> why, why not? <laughs> but this is for for the. Um audience uh, who, who yeah who don't know what a Nintendo DS is this is uh, yeah I think they want to they want to hear it 
That's, that comes to a, a, another question in that you, you uh, do a lot of uh, C64 stuff in the music and, and you know, incorporating some DS as well. Um, is there anything else that you bring in? Is there any, like, do you, do you work with, uh, or have you thought about bringing in some Amiga stuff or, or some other kind of retro sound with, hardware? Uh, yes, sure. Uh, we had made a whole song with, uh, um, I think, uh, in American, you, you call it um, Simon in, mm -hmm. in Germany, we could, the Senso. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Only one of this, uh, yeah, game toy. Uh, we, Commodore 64, uh, Nintendo DS, um, with, um, it's, um, I don't know, with the Robotron. It's uh, from the East Germany uh, computer. Uh, we've made one song, and yeah, sure, we, we love it to use um, the computers only one for one song not uh no you know mm. what it means. you don't right, mix right. it up or six okay. when we made a commodore c64 uh, song with yeah we made it with one commodore 64 because uh the, the audience can make the same at home with right uh, with uh don't have a complete studio or something else yeah, actually, your most your most famous song is called um, "Monotone and Minimal." Yeah, yes, uh, uh, that's the 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 main thing uh, for computer music. That is a minimal. You, you don't uh, need an orchestra or or a thousand people uh, to make music. You only need one computer with uh, yeah three um, um, uh, channels. And that's all, and that's enough for computer music. Right. Yeah. We made uh, one song only with a, uh, you know, from Da 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 Trio, uh, Casio VLL Tone. You know it? It's of course. A, yeah. It is uh, one of the greatest German hits, I think, uh, uh, what's in the top 10 in Japan also. Uh, for computer music, you only need uh, not the whole stuff for, you only need one computer. From the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Japan. You're also very much known in Sweden, actually. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting because um, your songs are mostly sung in, in German. Yes, but uh, in other countries, the, the, the audience don't know Westernhagen, don't know uh, Scorpions or something else. They know Kraftwerk. They know Rammstein. They are no uh, Nina with uh, 99 uh, balloons. Mm -hmm. It's all German songs. When I um, in in a theater, theater and there came a, a band from Mexico and, or from Africa, I don't want to hear that they uh, German ne? sing in German. I, I I want to hear in African when when they came from Africa. I uh, want to know about their culture, mm -hmm. and, and, and Sweden is uh, their, the Moog synthesizer came from Sweden. The the first uh, really popular bands with synthesizers, Abbas, Abba, came from Sweden. Yeah? Sweden is the the synthesizer country, I think. Mm. So when are you coming to the U.S.? <laughs> I'm here <laughs> on flight. You have to come here. Oh, okay. Really, really. Ah. <laughs> 
Well, well, as I, as I spoke to you before, um, I'm actually trying to get you all to Gamescom, hopefully, yeah. to the retro area. Yeah. So that would be in Germany, and, and Honey and Miss Moonlight actually could drive to there. So um, we just need to get the finances um, um, planned, yeah. but that's not my part. I'm only trying to gather people to come to the events and, and uh, do something on stage. Mm -hmm. Financial matters are is somebody else. Um, yeah. Now, now, um, as far as so, so using the the sixty four that you mentioned before, you know, um, you only need one machine, one computer. It just you know, but you you made the the caveat that it should be from the eighties, and that's an interesting thing that I'd like to get your opinion on because when people talk about retro computing, a lot of times I kind of, I kind of get a little eh, about the whole retro computing thing because. I have a C64, and I, I do graphics. That's my main thing. I'm a graphics guy. And Yeah, well, I, that's just a backdrop I put on now. I've actually never used this thing before. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but in general, I do, I do graphics on it, and I don't see it. When people talk about it being an old machine or a retro machine, I don't think about it as retro computing. This is a, it's, it's a tool that I use to do, to do a form of artwork. You know, and and it's whether it's paint or or ink or the computer. This is this is just the tool that I use to get it done. And I I kind of feel like the same thing is with music. Like when you make the distinction between, it's a it's a retro computer. Well, it's a computer that was made in the 80s. But if I were to get a guitar from you know a 1954 Fender Stratocaster, they're not going to be like, oh, you're a retro guitarist. No, it's just a a guitar that <laughs> sounds good that happened to be made back then. Hmm? I have to say, when you when you play a, a, a piano, nobody comes to you and, and say, a piano that's uh, 400 years old, <laughs> buy a right. PC. No, I got, but, <laughs> but when I used the Commodore 64, oh, that's an old computer. Uh, I I don't know what, what it is, but when I play computer music that it's a perfect product for that mm -hmm. right it's it's the instrument it's the it's the tool that you use to to make it and the age of it doesn't doesn't matter because the sound it puts out is as good today as it was in 1983 if not better because we have better tools now to utilize it than we did back then i think uh, it's uh, other tools are not uh as i said authentic um authentic yes mm -hmm. when you made a uh, new wave uh, computer music, uh, I don't know, from the 80s, then you must use a co the computer from the 80s. Mm -hmm. No other way, I think. Right, right. <laughs> when you make a tomato soup, you don't need uh, potatoes. Right, right. And, and I hear a lot, of, a lot of bands today, they're trying to go for an 80s aesthetic as far as the, the sound that they have, but they're using modern uh, synthesizers and modern um, instruments to create this sound and there's while it has that 80s tinge there's always something about it that's like nothing in the 80s actually sounded like this and you can you can tell that just by listening that they want to sound 80s but they're not quite hitting it because they don't have the tools from back then <laughs> cubase commodore 64 plugins for example well, yeah essentially yeah right right <laughs> okay we, we don't uh, only use uh, com the commodore 64 for our whole music now we only use it for for the songs we made with the Commodore 64 and and mm -hmm. 
and we have uh, other songs, but also songs, uh, yeah, uh, with uh, analogic synthesizers from the 80s, like um, Korg, uh, Poly 6, uh, and and, and uh, Oberheim, we use very often. Um, but uh, for real authentic, uh, authentic music from the 80s, you need the in instruments from the 80s. Sure. So, do you think you will maybe 10 years forward you will move and make other computers or consoles mm. part of the new songs for well, example here, the PlayStation another, is retro now yeah well here's a yeah well well here's a, a an add-on to that or a caveat because when you look at the newer machines there's there's a cutoff i th i feel like for what you could use like the 64 has a certain sound to it uh, an amiga has a certain sound to it. After a while, um, computers all pretty much sound the same because they're making, it's just all sampled audio. There's no, you know, like my, my, my Mac doesn't have a specific sound to it. It's just whatever's being played through it. And same thing with, with a PC going back into the, the 90s. It doesn't have a specific sound unless you're talking about like, you know, the, the MIDI files that came with Windows, which or nobody wants to hear. Or AdLib actually. Yeah, Ad yeah. AdLib sound cards had a... It's we, we only uh, talk about the sound. It's not only the sound. Uh, when you make music, it's also the handling. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. and I hear this. That sounds also good for yeah. the handling. And, right. Uh, the product uh, mirroring in the in the music, but we are not robots. Our heart and my heart is with with the Commodore 64, no? and that it was the audience are here. I hope. <laughs> I totally agree. I I can hear that um, you are all doing it from the heart and you're really in, into it. And I find it great that you even get younger people like Miss Moonlight, even if she is older than she looks, as we learned. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I have to say, um, uh, Manuel from the Commodore 64, German, and I have to read one on the first capture in German. Wir beglückwünschen Sie, Besitzer eines Commodore 64 zu sein, einem der besten Mikrocomputer der Welt. Und Commodore ist bekannt, freundliche Computer herzustellen. Uh, yeah, you have a Commodore 64, the best microcomputer in the world, and Commodore are known as the, the factory who made friendly computers. A friend, this is a friend. <laughs> yeah? Go into the media market and, and uh, say, uh, I want to buy a computer, a PC, but also a friend. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah? Right. Music from, from friends for friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's... when you when you install Windows 10 the first time, it says, "Hello, we are ready now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of mimicking yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, we are we are ready to stop working correctly. I think each generation must uh, make their own music with the instruments of their generation. You know, you know, um, when 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 I was a child, uh, Commodore music, um, game music was called plip plop, 
And some years ago it changed. Now it's VGM, video game music. So we got our own. We get. We got our own genre in the music world. Now it's nice. le legit because it's not more plip-plop, it's actually VGM. So when people ask me, what kind of music do you like to listen to? I always say VGM, and everybody's like, what's that? <laughs> Video game music. Yeah. And well, then everybody well, is like, Pac-Man? I'm like, no, <laughs> not Pac-Man. <laughs> well, and, and the 64 is is also, you know, being from the US, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't get too much exposure to the demo scene early on. So a lot of the music that I am used to with this was not not great you know they were the 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 it is sid they called it sid music but it's not what was done in demos it was you know uh the file edited mus and it was just it was they were raunchy terrible sounding music i remember going on to qlink which was like a, the pre aol and they'd always have these conversions of songs you know popular actual real songs and i would download them thinking yeah this is going to be you know africa by toto and then you listen to it and it's me you know and it's not at all what you expected to hear from and then i discovered the demo scene and the music that was being made there and it blew me away it's like there's you know this this thing here that that was going me 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 before is now like giving me like drum sounds that actually sound like drum sounds and chords and and things like that you know there's an actual baseline to it and it's like this is it's capable of of way more than than i had thought it was just by playing these these terrible american games or listening to this terrible american music and um i don't know where i was going with this at all <laughs> you lost was, track yeah my that thought fell right out of my head I was leading up to something, and I've no idea what it is anymore. <laughs> the demo scene uh, shows uh, what is possible to make mm -hmm. with Commodore 64. Yeah, so yeah. We are not from the demo scene. We are in the middle, I think. I think the, 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 the demo scene uh, music is not so for the audience. It's only mm -hmm. for, the, for the scene, but right. not for the mainstream audience. And mm -hmm. I uh, we try to make the the middle way between this to make it more for the normal people. Commodore mm -hmm. 64 music for the normal people. You know what I mean? Right, right. A lot of times demo music is also geared towards whatever demo it happens to be in, so it's it's cued to the effects that you're seeing. Whereas you're ma you're making things that you know I can listen to in the car and and you know <laughs> crank it up on cruising to work or something and that yeah. th it that feels normal whereas if i listen to demo music my brain's like well here's where the scroller's gonna start you know or here's where the here's where the the, the page changes or something you know and it's wh whereas you know hearing something that is is built for listening to rather than built to to um to um provide an accent to something else that you're looking at yes you know I they, think they, the, the music from the demo scene is uh, okay. It's made with the Commodore 64, but it's it's not. It sounds not so right, <laughs> for the right. normal people. It sounds mm -hmm. like normal music made with the with the yeah with with the PC or something else. Mm -hmm. I yeah. should introduce you to my mother, and you explain to her that all the years she was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the the demo scene uh, shows uh, what is possible. That's true. That's true. And, and, and yeah. we try to make uh, that it sounds uh, like what is possible, and it also sounds like uh, like a Commodore sixty four also. Mm. Right. 
That's true. That's true. So how is it for you, Miss Moonlight? Did you have to adopt to the sit music or did you like it from the start? You can be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we won't tell the other people in well or all. <laughs> they'll, they'll never know. <laughs> Actually, I've been listening to Welle Adba since a few years already. In my younger years, when I went to the discotheque and they were, they were playing songs, I always danced to the songs. So <laughs> it was really hmm. nice to then be a part of the band suddenly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, um, I like it. It's, um, of course, I had to get used to it a little bit, to some sounds, because um, I, used, I also used to listen to um, metal and more like the rock stuff. But mm -hmm. um, I don't have one music type, so I'm very open. And it's a lot of fun to be on stage with the music. <clears throat> so what's your next plans? OK, Friday we play with OMD in Frankfurt. <laughs> <laughs> Jahrhundert Hall, <laughs> Millennium Hall. Uh, what's the plans? Uh, next year we have a new um, uh, radio uh, show. Uh, you call it album, we call it radio show. <laughs> okay. um, with uh, three CDs, one normal album. One with uh, with spoken words and one only with uh, Commodore 64 music and uh, as um, and uh, the uh, 64 as with, with software um, on D64 files, you know, mm -hmm. um, on a CD-ROM track, and and the whole um, layout and all uh, on the CD, uh, the CD text and the the label on the CD and the the cover we want to make with the Commodore 64. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, the, the, the whole artwork. <laughs> and print it out with a dot, with a dot matrix printer? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that sound. It take forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was loud. Oh, my God, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but only... Um... Uh, you can uh, do a um, uh, what's what's a um, blueprint only with a uh, with uh, this uh, printer. That's mm -hmm. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy uh, paper, and then you have a second copy. Yeah, yeah. yeah with with uh, 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 what's 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 the name with the besides inkjet inkjet printer can do a, a blueprint. Or the, you can't you can't do that with the thermal dot matrix either, like the old Okamates. That's can't yes. do it with them either. That's true. That's true. That, that's actually the reason why there are still um, ink cartridges for dot matrix printers, because some doctors still need them. Mm -hmm. That's why you can still get them nowadays, which is great. But, but some doctors here in Germany at least started to print them out two times with a, yeah. with a laser printer. So I guess even that will die out in the long run. Yeah, we still use them at my job. <laughs> yes, but 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 what what the others don't know, they you still use CPM. Yes, at, at work yeah, my too. My job, yeah. Uh, I think uh, today it's only a joke, but but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what? Interesting. With the, with the matrix printer. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wonder. You said 
you you are you are afraid of flying, but then how did you make your tour in in Sweden? I mean, you you didn't you didn't spread by ferry, went. <laughs> really? With ferry and car. It's okay. Uh, ten hours or or uh, fifteen hours to to Stockholm, no problem. Ah, okay. No problem without plan. Okay, we play in 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 Spain in Barcelona. Uh, uh, driving by car, uh, I think uh, 25 hours, but why not? Okay, so you have kind of a, um, a band bus or something that you use? Um, okay, I, I come from Hanover, um, Miss Moonlight come from Stuttgart, <laughs> and it's also 500 kilometers be between us. Um, we are, uh, we live uh, in all uh, corners in, in Germany, and uh, yeah, we, we drive with our personal cars and our staff is in a little transporter and we, we start from Hanover and then, then the rest start from their own uh, home. Mm. It's, it's, it's important that you mention it because for Americans, a lot of Americans tell me that Germany is so small, you oh. can drive to everywhere in two, two hours. And I have to keep telling people from <laughs> America, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Germany is not that small. I'm sorry. <laughs> Americans can uh, go 500 kilometers by feet and then we talk. <laughs> <more. laughs> no. Yeah, yeah that's, it's, it's, it's really, really very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. traveling is part of the traveling there and driving and, and doing these road trips is part of the experience. I mean, uh, our own Nick Vivid just finished up a tour. He drove cross country in a van and and did his own, and he incorporates the '64 in his music as well. And uh, yeah, he he traveled across all the way across the country and back in a 1981 Ford van, which broke down like seven times. And he released his albums on music cassettes. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> wow. We'll start with uh, music cassettes. Yeah. yeah. That's it's... that's who we got to get hooked up. We got to hook these guys up with Nick and get the, the two of them doing something. That would be awesome. <laughs> Remotely over the internet? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, then then you hope the internet connection doesn't crash during yeah. the concert. That would be and Just Skype be with awful. them during the concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been... I've been, while we've been talking, I've been kind of looking and watching some of the videos um, in the background, which is sort of why I've gotten slightly sidetracked occasionally, just because it's been, it's it's interesting stuff, and if there's an excuse for me to actually, you know, listen to music whilst I'm supposed to be working, this is a good, <laughs> a good as reason as any, and, and I mean, it's, it's great stuff, I, I, I love it, and it's, it's, you know, the, the best mix of, of, 64 and and other stuff i'm listening to one right now it's starfighter f104g which is i guess a couple years old and it is it, it's it's 64 heavy there's some stuff that's not c64 they're like the, i think the percussion oh, isn't it's not made with one uh made with one commodore 64 but the 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 spoken samples inside is from the mm -hmm. game 64 game uh, um solo fly 2 mm -hmm. that's the 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 samples in this um in this uh, song Mm. Yeah. yeah, actually, um, there's another song called um, 23, uh, 23, and you are using the Sam voice, 
which yeah. is actually originally a program to read books for um, for blind people. Yeah. Mm. And to use the engine to talk German and and to say uh, 23. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. To, to uh, spoke uh, German with this program because of the the vocals are only yeah R and E is not the same in in, in English uh, like um, in German. But uh, with a bit uh, tricky, a uh, little bit tricky, you can do it in German with this program. Then it mm -hmm. says 23. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit uh, with an English accent, dry and swansy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm so happy. I, I want to do this interview for for a long time, and then when I saw this concert, I was like, I have to talk to the guys, you know, um, because it's it's amazing. Because normally you talk to people who are either in the demo scene or making music on stage, but it's very unique that you're doing both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you actually prove to people like, here, this is the sit version of the, the the song that you listened the other day at the concert. So it's really made 100% on the Commodore 64. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. This is our mission to say the, the normal people, yeah, yeah, what is uh, real-time music? Nobody knows that. It's, it's not, uh, it came not from the sit uh, chip uh, with uh, with a uh, sample rate or or MP3 or wave uh, file. It's it real time. It's really live music, live computer music. Mm -hmm. yeah? the, the, the Commodore 64 made it live for you. That, that's, right. It's uh, amazing. I think yeah? <laughs> we are the 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 only um, yeah one of the uh, bands uh, made live computer music on the stage live <laughs> yeah 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 I, I would like to know um how do you actually start working on a piece of music that is using the commodore 64 do you just use um, a music program on the commodore 64 and then starting with some pleeps and plops and <laughs> try to see what look what's looking good big story i I want to be a graphic designer, and and a friend of mine has come to me and said uh, it was a uh, 1988. Uh, you have a Commodore 64. Uh, I want to make music with it. And my a friend of him, uh, of, uh, of, um, a friend of my friend said, um, uh, or or he had uh, the the program uh, sound monitor from Chris Hilsberg. Okay, after a month, uh, my friend came. Uh, this is too tricky for me, um, and give me back the, the my Commodore six, um, 64. And he forgot the floppy disk in the drive. <laughs> and I played, and I see the floppy disk, and uh, load the the uh, sound monitor, and I think it's not so tricky. Make my first song with this in 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 this night. In this first night, I make the first Valley Abbott <laughs> song, and yeah. This is what's the start point for it all. Hmm. So I'm, I'm uh, there's no I, I want to be a, a graphica, a graphic um, designer, and with on this in this night I start uh, to make music with the Commodore 64, my first music. Hmm. <laughs> so it really changed your life. 
Yeah, so do you still use the same tools or do you use newer stuff like, uh, you know, JCH's editor or, or Goat Tracker? I mean, there's, there's different things on different platforms now that let yeah. you. Sit with it because it already had MIDI. I mm-hmm. used the Tire module or the Profit uh, 64 from uh, Sweden. Okay. And wow. Uh, the very, expo- the very exper- uh, expensive thing that costs thousands of euros? <laughs> Pocket money for you. Yeah, it's, it's peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, it was a gift from me, uh, from my friend. Uh, it's not, uh, um, and, and also, you use sure um, the, um, the sound monitor. Wow, you have good uh, friends. For me... It's the best for me to handle because I use it uh, a long time ago and was the first program I, I use it for that. I don't mm. have to think about anything but only make music. Music I, I, I don't need a manual or something else. Right, right. That's interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe maybe at some point you should make a song with Crystal Spec as you're using his sound monitor. <laughs> yes, why not? I'm here. <laughs> Chris, come, we can make it. <laughs> but I think uh, Chris Hilsberg, uh, um, yeah, he wants to make normal music with a Commodore 64. He wants to make guitar music. I, it sounds like guitar music for me. I, right. I want to use it for, I say, computer music. It's a it's the real style on music for the for this machine, I think. Right, right. And how about the um, the others in the, uh, the the radio station, as you as you uh, refer to it? Um, what are their impacts, or what is their input on the music? You know, do they all contribute? Does everyone in the, uh, contribute to what is being done, or or is it mostly like a like a one man operation that says, okay, here's what we're doing now. Okay, the 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 women's um, uh, Miss Moonlight and and Sarah Peer, Sarah Peer, I'm like Emma Peer, uh, is for the singer, no? for mm-hmm. the vocals, and yeah, Cosmo made uh, music with the Cobra Six Four and me too. Mm-hmm. So um, so where can people find your stuff? Do you have a homepage or something? Right now we're working on a redesign of the homepage, so it's um, pretty empty right now. You only can see the latest um, dates <laughs> and maybe one picture, but we're working on it, so it's velle-edbal.info. Um, okay. So you okay. can get there and see hopefully something <laughs> better soon. <laughs> Great. I also want to point out to, to the listeners that... Um, they can buy your music. Uh, it's on the iTunes Store. It's it's on Spotify. It's it's a bunch of different places that they can go to find the stuff that that you've already put out and to listen to it. So great. And we'll put links to everything in the podcast description so that people can go to your site and can check out what you're doing. Yes, right. but, uh, but we are only the musicians. We make music. We don't sell music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a lot for taking the time guys and enjoy your dinner I guess yes thank you <laughs> yes thank you thank you and C64 forever yes right C64 forever <laughs> so this was Honey and Miss Moonlight from Valley Atball pretty interesting wasn't it yes indeed um, we're oh. going to put all their information right down there you can link or, or we're going to link to all their stuff 
It's down in the podcast description and probably on the screen if you're watching the video version of this, which you should be. Um, you know where to get us. Uh, you can you can email us at podcast at sceneworld.org, correct? Exactly. Yes. Um, his website, my website, they exist. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if anything's been done with them in years. Um, well, I, I regularly update my blog. So. Yeah, I've, I've, I update mine regularly on a decade cycle. So <laughs> 2024, yeah. we're ready for I just made a new post today. So okay. all good. All good. And my dogs have Instagrams, which you should nice. check out because they're yeah. adorable. Instance. So, yes. So until next time, hopefully I'll have more stuff back here the next time that we do this. So Most it'll look people listen like... to the MP3 version anyway. So... Yeah, I know, <laughs> but they uh, they can they can imagine. Just imagine a stark gray room with nothing in it except like a folding table with a C64 and an Amiga 500 just looking bare and barren. And your head in front of it. Yeah, my giant my giant malformed head floating in front of a microphone. <laughs> That's that's what you're looking at. Yeah. That's what you're missing if you're listening yeah. to the audio version. Woo. Okay, guys. See you okay. then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.